to the World of the Spirit podcast. My name is Elizabeth Young. And I'm Kate Chapman. Join us each week as we share our lives to show you and remind ourselves how spiritual principles can solve all our problems. Hi, Kate. Hi, Elizabeth. I'm so excited about today's topic. Me too. All right. I'm just going to start. We're going to start off. I'm going to read this little blurb that came to me a few weeks ago. Okay. Okay. All right. So do you make choices from your head or your heart? Head and heart decisions are like a couple where one is the assertive talker and the other is the quiet submissive. Eventually you end up with unhappy people and no relationship. My mind is this way to my heart. It's assertive and thinks it knows everything and has an opinion on all the things, which leaves my heart in submission to its impulses. When my heart wants to contemplate, rest, relax, and ponder, it's too late because my mind has already acted, took some action that set the karmic flow in motion. Now all my heart can do is feel the results of the mind's impulsive decisions. It's why sadness occurred so often in my life. The culmination of being driven by my mind led me to so much suffering. I am grateful today that my mind has been and continues to be tamed through meditation. She's quiet now. She's more conscious of the gap between her dancing thoughts. She knows the magic that's unleashed when she surrenders, dives in headfirst into the space. She's had too many experiences now to deny her divinity. She knows her dazzling and disastrous thoughts are the same distraction. She waits patiently as her heart is beginning to thaw. Her world is peaceful now, as she knows all those assertive, aggressive people she feared have always simply been a mirror of her own mind. Wow. Yeah, that analogy just came one day after meditation, you know, my morning routine walking on the uh, on the beach letting the ocean wash over me healing and boom out came that and i thought oh my goodness that is so so true for me and all the while i thought it was the people on the outside and then how do i know how do i know now because i actually was just listening to a speaker talk about this idea of you know the personality the aggressive type the more relaxed submissive submissive type and what I, how, how I know that this is true for me is because I don't feel that way anymore around those types of people, right? So it's like really? I can be in a room with people that are aggressive and, you know, they come in, they just, they're the driver, they know what they want, they boom, boom, boom. They, you know, they walk into, everybody's had this experience, right? You walk into the, a shop and somebody walks in, you could feel the energy of them, or the grocery store or wherever, we all encounter this, if not 
in our own relationships um, with friends and family. But I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel fear anymore. Isn't that neat? It's amazing. And I've been that person. Which one? The, well, both. Yeah. But my work today is, you know, I was at on vacation also at a beach um, last week, which now feels like decades ago. And I was very consciously trying to move as one of those energies arose, the the energy of of mind, movement, productivity, doing. Uh, one thought leads to the next thought leads to the next thought of setting that aside and tapping into, or as you and I uh, have a language, dropping down into heart energy, which is for me, gentle, slow, soft, and silly. Those four words came to me last week of gentle, slow, soft, and silly. When I am at my best and my, and of course, when I say best, I don't mean mind best. I mean, when I am right now growing with heart leading rather than mind leading, that's how it feels. That's who I'm attracted to. And that's how I want to be. I'm also aware of one of my best friends and I were talking about this, of how she's more reserved and her perception of me is the way you described, not in a negative way, just as someone charismatic. And she says, Kate, when you walk in a room, there's this energy around you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. And she's like, and that's what's, I knew we were going to be friends because I have a different energy, but the people I've been in romantic relationship with, my closest, bestest friends compliment my, I'm more introverted. Mm-hmm. And so part of this is like, not, not just to talk about self, 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 but to go, there are aspects of being high energy that are part of me that aren't mind driven. And then there are aspects of, well, right now in my life, I really just want to be slow, soft, gentle, and silly. I love those words. That's beautiful. Yes. And I, I think that at times we can all have the qualities of both, right? When it goes to extremes, then we have, you know, the destructive, it just doesn't work, right? There's no space for each individual, you know, to be as they are. Um, but I, I love this idea when you said dropping down, that's, that's exactly what has happened and continues to happen for me. It's like this dropping down from the head into the heart, right? Once the mind stops, change can begin. We just recently read that in, in, in another, uh, conversation and that's really true, right? When the mind stops, change can begin. Well, if we unpack that a little bit, what does that even mean? Well, if my mind is spitting off, boom, 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 all the ideas, all the answers, all the knowing, well, I'm just recycling the past, right? 
we were a culmination. I, I love this, this idea of we're a culmination of action, memory, desire, right? We, we have a, we take an action, we have a, an experience, it creates a memory. And then if it's a good memory, we want to do it again, right? That's the whole Pavlov thing. We want to do it again. So that cycle Am I being driven by that? Which for me, if my mind is just constant and there's no peace, there's no quiet, and then I can't feel the trifecta, which we've recently talked about, the gut, the heart, the mind, the balance. So I have two, at least two things to go from there. And both are in maybe opposite directions. I was thinking it might be helpful to give people an example of what we mean of this sometimes conflict between head and heart. So Mm -hmm. last night at about 6.30, I'd gotten out of a massage, which was a lovely thing to do for myself. And I was headed to a commitment that was completely voluntary at seven o'clock. And, um, mind had made a decision to go to that commitment rather than going home and mind had lots of reasons why, oh, you know, it's Thursday night. You worked remotely today. You're working remotely tomorrow. It's not like you're going into the office, blah, blah, blah. And as I'm driving down one of my favorite roads in Houston through this beautiful park, we have heart whispered very softly. We're so tired. And so that's an example. It's taken me years to hear that even randomly. Mm-hmm. And you and I started this podcast having a conversation about um, the ways in which I don't uh, pay attention to that, or it's just sidelined as if it's not a priority. But yeah, that happened. And so my response to that was to keep driving to the commitment. Ah, so you went. I went. Yeah. And I'm tired. Mm. So there's a consequence, right? Heart heart uses its voice. Um and heart pays the cost of mind's dominating agenda. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. Very simple. Mhm. Meditation, which isn't to say that um, I think I told you I've upped my meditations in the mornings to 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. and I'm doing a completely silent meditation. And this week I've been practicing out of Thing Nick Tan's book, um, Now is Here, I think. Thing Nick Tan, the Buddhist, Mm -hmm. uh, Now is Here, or Here is Now. I apologize, but I'm going to have to check. And the f- instructions he gives at the beginning of that book are <laughs> there's not good and bad breath and there's not good and bad mind. He says, we should just treat our mind, our, our annoying mind, the way a big sister would treat a little sister mm. patiently and lovingly. And so his suggestion is um, when I breathe in and meditation, I say, I am breathing in. And when I breathe out in meditation, I am breathing out. And so I do that for 20 minutes. And then the mind goes and all the little things and all the little places. And then I go back to, I breathe in. I am breathing in. I am breathing out. Um, And then the other thing 
I was going to tell you was, as I was listening to you talking about dropping down and an experience yesterday in a, I'm going to call it a healing session where I experienced, and I would never have put it this way until I listened to you, the movement of the heart up affecting the mind. And so I was doing um, a form of therapy um, for post-traumatic stress disorder called EMDR that some people may be familiar with. And I was working with an, a persistent image I've had of my mother's death mm-hmm. um, and um, with, a, with a trusted expert who, who knows how to do that. And you have to start with the worst image there is, and then you ask what is the belief I have with this image? And then you activate both sides of the brain alternating. And then you see what comes in mind without trying to fix it or change it. And I experienced, it's not a one session deal, but I experienced, and I've used it before, by the end of the session, heart had changed mind, not just about the image, not just about the belief, but had gotten me around a corner that I've been trying to use mind to get around in in healing from the death of my mother. And so I experienced it going both ways. Wow. And so what was that like? Like what, what, how did it change your mind? So, so part of what I struggle with in, in, in the grief or the shock or whatever the human experience of a sudden death is I've held on to without trying to hold on to it, these visual images I have of her physical suffering. Mm. And then I've watched my body struggle to have, um, feeling trapped the way that her body was physically trapped in the car. And so we worked directly on that. And so what happened as my mind was taken through the treatment, I became aware of not the physical reality of what happened, but a spiritual reality of what happened that I was not able to access or believe in until I did that session yesterday, which is for me where I am today is what happened in the physical world did not happen to my mother. She was actually brought and ushered without physical suffering into something else. Wow. And yes. And she spoke to me about it. And she and I were able to begin a phase of our relationship without my constantly millions of times a day tripping on this attachment to her suffering in the physical world. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. That's powerful. So powerful like a transference and then it's dissolving of this literally the picture right if pixel imagine a yes. photo pixelated just completely just dissolving 
that's not what happened to my mother. Mm. You know, what was written on the police report is not what happened to my mother. Wow. Talk about accessing the spiritual realm. So well, beautiful. and the way you said at the beginning, or you use the word trifecta, mm-hmm. these pieces of ourselves really want to work in union. Yeah. They are designed to work in harmony, just like a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. We come together and there are these seemingly different instincts, goals, desires, but tapping into or seeking or being open or deep suffering and saying, yeah, I need help with this. I can't, I can't, I can't get around this corner. I can't stop seeing her the way that she was. Mm -hmm. And then we become willing to try something, something that's worked in the past, but it can't possibly work this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I experienced the heart, not dominating the mind, but the heart has healing to offer the mind that will put the mind at rest. Mm. It's beautiful. And then we get back to that space of where there's no thought change can occur. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I have this visual or imagery of the heart, just caressing the mind into stillness, right? This fluid flowing motion that just allows it to relax, stop struggling, release, and in the presence, be healed. I want to go back to something you said a little bit ago about your heart speaking and saying it's tired, and then you continuing to go, because this is a really important piece, right? And and I don't believe that we're the only two people that struggle with this, this (laughs) intuition or still small voice, spirit within this, this higher intelligence, right? This, this higher being, and perhaps it's the harmony of the three working together, whatever it is, there's this something inside of us that always knows And that is always in my experience, giving this I shared the other day, it is always giving now, right? It is the the appearance is a giving receiving motion, but it is, it's always giving, right? I have to be able to receive, to, to receive, to experience the giving, you know, that which the moment has to offer. And so here's this intelligence that arises within us as human beings, right? We're, we're, different than the trees and the animals and that we have this ability to be aware of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, our, even we have the awareness to step back and to see ourselves in this physical form. We have this amazing capacity for all of these ways of being in the world that trees and plants and animals don't. So why don't we listen? right? Why don't we listen? And that I want to know for myself, you know, and, and for me, my experience lately has been, I have had to slow down to such a crawl in my moment to moment life so that I could hear what you said you heard, because a lot for a long time, couldn't even hear that. 
You know, I was like blowing and going, forget it. I don't hear nothing about what I want to hear. And the music is blaring and blah, blah, blah. Or I'm listening to an audible. I'm talking to somebody, texting somebody, driving somewhere, going, thinking about five other things. So to be able to get to the place where you actually hear the intuitive voice, the still small voice, that, that wisdom. And then to, I, I mean, I I don't want to, this word just came. It's like, for me, it's a betrayal, like to betray it and to turn instead to the objects, the outside circumstances, rather than honoring it. Why do we do that? I know for me is uh, my commitments for me are tied to relationships. So making a commitment or even telling somebody, oh, I'll see you at the restaurant. Oh, I'll see you at the place, you know, we see each other each week. For me is my my mind writing a check my heart has to cash mm-hmm. and promising to have energy and attention for that, regardless of whether it's honest. And coming to see that as dishonest, like what you just described is whether we call it the delusion that I have the energy or just dishonest. If I'm not available because my tank is empty, then offering you gas from my tank is dishonest. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I found too how humbling it is, especially in this particular season, when the people around me, my closest, like the deepest circle of intimates are able to see that my tank is empty when I can't see it. Mm, That's the gift of the we, right? The connection and the relationships that you just said were what what was pulling you towards your commitment was the relationships, the people you were going to see and interact with. And so this idea that relationship somehow means at the sacrifice of our intuitive inner wisdom system, right? Like I can't have this connection unless I sacrifice this in this GPS system. Somebody, I heard somebody recently uh, describe it as a GPS system, which is such a great analogy. It's like we have this inner wisdom, this system that's guiding us, directing us. And I have this... I have this story, this concept in my mind, because that's where concepts live, that I need to go to this specific place and keep this commitment to be able to have connection with my friends that I'm going to meet there. And so if I were to lay down that concept or I were to surrender that concept and go within inward bound, right? That's my, my new favorite two words, inward bound. <laughs> if I would go inward bound. That's so good. Isn't that great? That's what I was thinking about the retreat. Like, I, well, we'll talk about that in another podcast, but yes. I just think inward bound is just such a great, great name. And but regardless of what, we're, what what words or language we use, instead, if I go inward, if I if I go in, do I really lack connection? Can I not be connected to my friends if I don't physically show up at a specific time and place? Is that even true? That's and I'm not saying you need to answer that question, but that is just a great question to ponder for oneself 
Is that even true? Well, there's aspects of habit, right? And in so much of our our habits are just these neural pathways that we practiced. Yeah. So in, until we practice the habit of putting intuition ahead of productivity, mm-hmm. um, it's like an experiment. You know, you said, why don't we just experiment with a, a different way of structuring your schedule? I think for me, there's a a, a deep idea that is getting getting unhooked that how wonderful it is to have people who want to see me mm-hmm. and people who are available for relationship and nourishing. And I think an old Kate would always put the opportunity to be fed by relationship ahead of her own needs to such a degree that and I I talk about this in different settings. It took me till about the age of 30 to recognize that I had my own needs that had nothing to do with relationships. And that came as a result of a, a, a health, a health problem that was largely a consequence of mind ignoring heart and mind being so abusively dominating and certain that there was no openness for self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so this is the this is the this is the journey, right, of growing what you just described. But this idea that we're going somewhere to connect with someone, you just brought in the idea of habit. It's habit, right? We get into these habits. And that which brings me back to what I said earlier is this, these three, this loop, this energy loop. Michael Singer talks about these energy that get stuck in the body, like some scars, right? From the yogic tradition. So if you have a desire and then you take an action and it creates a memory, so you go to this meet friends and you have an experience, it creates a memory, a good experience. And so you want to do that again, and you want to do that again. And that cycle is what creates habit, right? So to wake up to my intention of why I'm going somewhere. And and that's why I asked you the question of, is it true that you need to go somewhere to connect to your friends, right? Do we need to go anywhere to connect to our friends? Versus are we just habitually doing things? And I love, you know, there's this Deepak Chopra talks about this the, in his book, The Law of um, the Law of Success or the Success Laws or whatever. He, he talks about the idea of attention and intention. And so if I am clear on my intention that, you know, what I desire, my, that's my, my intention is my purest desire that I'm not attached to, right? It comes from this inner infinite wisdom when everything's aligned, right? I'm walking in the spiritual path. I'm aligned, guided, directed. Something internal is moving me. Well, there can be a a desire that is, you know, how we get there. If we get there, there's not an attachment to it, right? It's like a detached desire, And so that's like an intention. I have an intention. And then there's my awareness. What am I doing moment to moment and being fully present in the moment so that 
between awareness and in, and the intention coming true in the in the future there are all these steps in between and we're talking about all the steps in between how conscious am i in between all those steps and so is habit running me or is a true intention running me these are questions questions are the best ways to open and become receptive to all that is giving in this in this moment right i don't know if any of that made sense but well i think it's it's sort of like what we do in meditation that you refer to as bringing the puppy back to the to the breath is in the midst of between awareness and did you say intention yes the desire with the thing you want and if like you wanted connection in this example, you wanted connection. So you were going to this place to connect to these individuals. And I think also to keep my commitment to the, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep your commitment to my mind. I think uh. mind also. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm glad you didn't leave that out. My commitment to my mind. I mean, come on now. That's it tells me to for... do things. And I mean, come on. <laughs> it's so. It's... Oh my God. I love that. My commitment to my mind. I have a commitment. That is good. We got to coin that one. Okay. Commit. We have to explore. We could have a whole podcast on that one. Okay, go ahead. Well, and. Then it's like, oh, the discernment of, am I really just trying to get my mind to stop and therefore I'll do anything mind tells me to do to make it stop? Mm. Or is it really about connection? And again, it's not that connection is wrong. No. It's that it's that or that doing it that way, it's not about a right or a wrong. It's about in the process of trying to meet one desire, heart intervened and said, this isn't something you have to offer and it's not something you have to do. Yeah. Well, you, not you had a, an, an intelligence that inside of you so powerful that it was guiding you to a place for your highest evolution experience and you had a commitment to your mind. And this, you know, I... I Hold, tease this out because this is what we all do, right? I don't know many people that don't do this. Oh, I mean, Except we talked yogis. a few episodes <laughs> ago about dating, and I told you the whole thing of what mind would say when I was doing dating, and you were like, you sounded kind of horrified, and then you were like, do you remember what you said? You said, no, I don't remember. This sounds like a lot of people's minds around dating, so. If I can get the right formula, then what I've got is a commitment to my mind and I'm shopping that commitment in my mind yeah. out to people on the outside. Yes, 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 yes. So now what we're seeing is like, I may, my mind tells me I have to do something and I commit to that. I become mm -hmm. accountable to that. And then I go out in the world like I've just been given instruction that needs yeah. to be followed. Yes. And, and, and not to be confused, if anybody's listening, you know, we're not saying like, don't keep commitments or, you know, blow people off. Like there is a real value in, you know, learning to be able to live in the principle of commitment and 
learn what that is. I mean, that transformed my life years ago. I had no idea what that even meant, but to embody that and then to live that way is it's a, it's a necessary step to walk through. At least it was for me in my experience, but then it becomes to the, to the point where you get to the flip side where all the healthy tools, all the, the good principles that took you away from the supposed bad ways of being right. So somebody like that's in recovery, like myself, you move from this ways of working that aren't working to these healthy ways that are now working, but they then become the actual prison by which I live. Although now the cage is pretty, it's still a cage. It's still unconsciousness. It's still, I'm asleep and it's definitely a better experience. So I'm not knocking it. Some people can stay here, live here till their last breath. That's just never been my experience for whatever reason. Uh, I, I just, I just have a ferocious appetite for growing and learning and reading and incorporating and trying and, and bringing things up against my experience, right? Like I'll listen to a whole, you know, 16 episode on how to reinvent your life. And then I'll bring it into my experience and be like, Hmm, that doesn't, that that's just not my experience after I try it, of course. Right. I have to get in there. I've got to do the thing. Otherwise, how can I speak about it? Right. If I don't try something, you can't just, I mean, you can, there's a lot of people that just talk about things that they've never done, but I, I don't, that doesn't really work for me. So Forgive me if I'm being too, you know, I don't know. It's just what I was put on earth here to do is this. Well, and I think what we're getting at is the difference between having a principle for a a well-balanced, healthy life, which is like, yeah, we live in a society where if your job starts at nine, probably should be there by at least 10 to nine. Yeah, that's that's not bad. No. Then in the rest of my life, once I've learned how to have consistency and show up for commitments and that part of integrity in my life is fortified and even becomes part of part of who I am, then I get to look at the ways in which I am imposing that on myself and have I started to worship that mm-hmm. versus seek and go underneath what it's really offering me and listen and listen because you may go to that job for six years, but then you start to hear that that's not the job for you anymore. And that's just like the, you're tired. Let's go home. Well, and I remember, you know, one of the gifts of early recovery, the first, you know, couple months was being given, you know, a set of places and times to be Mm. places and told, um, you're here unless you are in the hospital. And I remember, you know, a few months in, I had a really bad cold, but I knew that I had to be at that meeting. Mm -hmm. And then at some point it was pointed out to me, it's actually really selfish if you're sick to go to a place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where there are 600 other people yeah. because you are trying to keep your commitment. <laughs> well, and, and that was a completely new idea to me. The same, the same yeah. way it was a new idea to me to be the same place every, every night. 
And this is, this is what happens. We grow and then we wake up to something. And, you know, I'll tell you last night after the commitment, I had a lovely conversation after the commitment with someone I love and value. And I was driving home down that same beautiful road. And my heart was like, oh my gosh, I'm so much tireder than I was before. Why don't we try to not do things after eight o'clock? Ooh. And I was like, who said that? <laughs> and then I started thinking about, well, what about tomorrow night? What if so-and-so wants to do something? And I was like, oh, <laughs> very nice. So, and also we should, we should say that discerning between heart voice and head voice is hard. Yes. We yes. need help with that. Yeah. Because well, sometimes... Need- yeah. That's why we need friends. The we. That's we why we need friends. Conversations with each other and wait a minute, that sounds a little off. But I I I really like the sound of your heart, you know, coming back in that intuitive guidance wisdom system that you've got in inside of you that's like, hey, maybe we could just not do th- try to not do things after 8. And then, you know, in all honesty, Kate, when we got on this call, to do this podcast, the first conversation we had was around you and your commitments. Mm. And is there anything you could let go of? Now, why did I say that? I had no idea that you, that experience happened to you last night. Yeah. You know, that's those synchronicities. That's those moments. It's like, mm, isn't it interesting how the universe is coming in, in all these different ways, right? It's within us. But this divine intelligence is not just within us. It's in with it's in everything. And so here it comes. Whoa. Here it comes again. Whoa. And now I could call those coincidences, but we know better. We you know, know better. Our, our experience has just shown us way too much to know that there's just a divine something that's happening. That's connecting it, connecting it, us, all of us the great big oneness that our friend Joel talks about. (laughs) Wow. Well, that was a wonderful conversation. Oh, I thought so too. And hopefully it was helpful to somebody out there. (laughs) Yeah. This heart, this heart stuff is a very, very deep calling that we are going to keep exploring. Mm -hmm. And I think we'd love to hear from you about how your, living heart fully. And by living, we mean being, being heart fully. Mm, Yeah. Getting in our heart centers. And what does that sound like? You can definitely reach out to us on our Instagram, the world of the spirit. Yes. And also comment on our podcast episode and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Well, we just want to express our gratitude for being a part of your day or your night or whenever you were able to fit this in and hope you'll join us again. Yes, thanks for coming and we'll see you next time on the World of the Spirit.